Now, let me just say that the, the great thing about filling in for someone, okay, which is I don't get to do too much, is that you get to do something different, okay? You see, each week I teach up in Green Bay, and I teach book and chapter and verse. Now, you don't get, don't get me wrong on this, okay? Um, to me, that's the way it should be done. Okay, that's the way we, it's a great way to learn. And it was the way I was taught. But when you are filling in for someone, you get to teach on a thing, that, that, that one thing that, that is just gnawing at your soul, okay? You get to teach a topical, okay? And, it, and it's just gnawing at you. That thing that is just never the right time to bring up when you teach book by book, okay? Uh, now, right about now, if, if Lowell's watching or listening, he, he, I can just hear him saying, like, you know, like Scooby-Doo, you know, like, oh, what are we getting into here, right? Or he's praying like Nehemiah, right? Remember me, oh God, right, concerning this, and, and do not wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for his services by letting this guy fill in for me. So let's talk politics, right? What do you say? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. What I do want to do is today is, is look at some, some people and just some things that, that God has used that we should learn from. We should learn from our past, okay? Not just our personal past, but also the past in the scriptures. See, we always have a habit of when we read the scriptures, we go, oh, them foolish Jews, how can you know? Well, it, this is written out for us. They've already done it. But why do we repeat ourselves? Why do we repeat it ourselves? Okay? And we do. I don't know why, but we do. It just creatures a habit. Right? So, what I mean by this is we should learn from what? Our history. Okay, our history, our personal history, uh, you know, hey, remember where you came from. I remember where I came from. I thank God he took me out of that. Okay, now, what did he take this, this country through? What did he take Israelis through? And what are they going through now? What, what, what can we learn from what happened in the scriptures? If you look today, we, we live in a world that, that has just gone, well, there's nothing else we could say but stupid. It's gone stupid. And I mean stupid. Okay? Now, and, and don't get me wrong on this when I start mentioning this, okay? To, um, well, let's do it this way. For instance, the world went on a total lockdown for virus. Okay? Now, I'm sure that everyone here has gone to the doctor in their lifetime and been told, well, all you can do is go home and rest and let it run its course. And then you say, well, you, mean, you mean that there's nothing you can do? And the doctors tell you, no, it's a virus. There's nothing you can do. You don't get antibiotics until you have pneumonia or another infection. Okay? They don't just give it to you for a virus. So, like I said, please don't get me wrong here. If, if you want to get a shot, get a shot. If you, want, if you feel safer with a mask, get a mask. It doesn't bother me. Just don't push it down my throat. I'm a person who has muscular dystrophy and another immune disease. I have an immune system that is actually trying to kill me. I'm not gonna put something in me that's gonna help it along. Not gonna happen. I'll put my, I'll put my life into God's hands. Leave me alone, that's all that's to it. You left me alone all these years with the regular flu, leave me alone with this. Just leave me alone, okay? Now, I don't, I don't let Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons push their beliefs down my throat. Do you? 
No, right? Instead, I show them where they are wrong, and I get, and, and I, I let them get to choose, okay? Who's right or who's wrong? And then that answers between them and God. I don't beat people up with a stick because they don't take the same view on the tribulation as I do, okay? But like anything else, okay, do your own research. Do your own research. Now, and I say that even today, do your own research, because when you, I hope every Sunday when you leave here, you don't, you don't just say, well, if it came from Pastor Lowell's mouth, it's just like coming from God. I hope not. I love him too, okay? And he's my pastor, but do your own research. You just never know, okay, when he's going to flip a cookie. Okay? Nobody ever knows. But the thing is, is that you'll never drink the Kool-Aid then. You understand what I'm saying, right? So, like I said before, the world or this country, and this country, that we live in has gone stupid, okay? Now, people over the years used to ask me, okay, hey, John, do you, do you see America in end times? And I've always stayed strong on, nope. No, I don't. We need to implode. Is what I've always said. We need to implode. Okay? Now, granted, they would walk away from me because they could never um, see this country fall. Okay? Or, or they could never see this happening at all. And I, and, and I look today and say, really? Hmm. We're on our way. Now, also to remember... If Israel's going to be by themselves, we're the only one that's really friends with Israel. Okay? We're the only ones. So if Israel's going to be by themselves, something's happening to us. Okay? And I really don't think anyone's going to come across the oceans and take on 330 million armed, verily harmed people. They're just not going to do it. Okay? I don't see it happening. But you know what? Anything can happen. <laughs> like I said, this world's getting stupid. Okay? Just look at it. We are now, we will hate and fight amongst ourselves. They, they almost had it done. Okay? The, the powers to be almost had it done. That we would fight amongst ourselves. Okay? Didn't take Thank God it didn't take. Why? People are getting on their knees, and we need to. Okay? We need to pray. To pray. Just one weekend, just in one weekend, the world went from friend to foe. Like that. Okay? They went from, hey, we like you, to we can't trust you now. Our enemy see, sees this weakness. And like a shark, they, they smell the blood in the water. And telling other countries, America won't help you. Yeah, we, we see it. It's out there. All that propaganda is out there. They can't even take care of their own border, they say. Now, aren't you glad you came to church today? Right? You're probably thinking, well, John, you should come down more often. Man, you're depressing. Okay? This is going to give you a little boost on Lowell, so, you know, you'll be happy when you get him back. Well, you, you know what I, have, what I have to say about that, right? I'm, I'm sure you all know, some of you who, who know me know my attitude. They're good. I got your attention. Okay? If you would, open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 8. Now, we will, we'll be taking a look at the first king uh, of Israel, Saul, okay? And while you're, you're doing that, okay, you just uh, kind of hang out and listen, or if you want to go back and forth, you can. Um, just so you know, you know, we're jumping, jumping around a little bit, and, you know, I've cheated. Everything's written out for me, so I'll be a little faster than you flipping. So if you want to just listen, you can just write down. Now, and I, and I hope I don't frustrate you. So now, 
you all know the story of Samuel and about how his mom, Hannah, right, and about her and how he got into serving um, God at the tabernacle along with Eli and his sons, okay? That takes place in chapter 1 and, and half of chapter 2. So let's go through just a little bit of background, okay? Um, Samuel took over from Eli and his wicked sons, Hophni and Phinehas, okay? Now he's older, of course, okay? He's no, no more a little kid. Those two, those two, Hophni and Phinehas, were the ones that were sleeping with the women at, at the uh, assembly of the door of the tabernacle there in chapter 2, verse 22. And the people told Eli all about his son's escapades. Well, he didn't do anything about it, okay? He was like, no, bad boys, okay, bad boys. This is where the first time out came in, right? No, no, you're bad. That's not good what you're doing, right? But they say, they, they just kept on doing it anyway. Okay, Eli was an old man. He wasn't going to do anything. And then we see that God sent a, a no-name man of God to tell Eli that God is going to wipe out his sons and his family's name. He tells him there in chapter 2, verse 33, all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. But we move on and there's nothing said. Okay? There is no worry coming from Eli. There's no telling the kids, hey, whoa, straighten up. No warning to them. Nothing. God then tells Samuel. Okay? That's when he calls on Samuel at night and he tells him what he's going to do to Eli and the boys. Then Eli makes Samuel tell him what God said. And there in chapter 3, verse 18, it says, Then Samuel told him everything. He told Eli everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, this is Eli speaking, okay? He said, It is the Lord. Let him do whatever seems good to him. Now, I don't know about you, all right? But I'd be a little freaked out, okay? He's going to wipe me and my boys out. And he's going to take my family name, and he's going to wipe it out. I'm pleading, I'm crying to the Lord now, right? I don't know about you, but I fear Ichabod, okay? The glory has departed, or the Spirit of God has departed. Do you? I do, okay? And so it happened, all, all three of them died that day. Right? So then Samuel, Samuel is now, he's older, okay? And now he takes over. He's now priest, he's now prophet, and he's judge. Chapter 8 starts with, now it came to pass when Samuel was old, okay? He was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Verses 3 to 5 it says, but his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, take, take a note of that, took bribes and perverted justice. Now, growing up, okay, and watching Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, okay, and seeing what had happened to them, you would think that Samuel would have done things a little bit differently with his sons. Maybe he should have learned from just his own past, right? Then it says, then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. Verse 5, it says, and, and said to him, look, you're old. Your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Now, just a quick little look at this. Samuel really didn't have that right to appoint his, his sons as judges, okay? This was not a monarchy at this time. This is still judging, okay? And it's God to, to bring up the judge. That was left to God. And it wasn't wrong for the, for the elders of Israel to ask for a king because Samuel's sons did not follow his ways. Well, if you're going to make them judges... Well, give us a king because they, they don't follow in your, in your, in your ways. Now, that, that would sound good. But the issue was that they wanted to be like all the other nations. 
okay? You see, they always needed something to see with their eyes. There was no faith with these people. It just never was. I mean, think of the stories. God, God was with Joshua and them as they were getting the land. I mean, he was throwing hailstones at these guys, at the enemies, and picking them off. And they, they, they kept on saying, we want somebody to rule over us. They, they tried to get Gideon to do it. You be king over us. You, you judge us. No, he says, I'm not. You and your sons. No, 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 we're not. They never had faith with all the things that they've seen and all the things that they've done, gone through. They never have faith. Verses 6 to 7 of chapter 8, it says, So Samuel prayed to the Lord, smart thing to do. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, Samuel, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. See, that's the heart of the issue. Okay? That's the heart of it. They, they don't want God. They, they want a man. Now, going back to what I was saying earlier, what are, what are we doing? Okay? Now, God told Samuel to give the, give the people what they requested. This was not because their request was good or right, but because God would teach Israel through this. Okay? Sometimes when we insist on having something really, really, really bad, okay, God will allow us to have it and then teach us through it. All right? And then sometimes you really don't want to go through that. We really need to have our ears, uh, the, uh, the ears to our heart open to hear the Spirit when He says, Don't do that. Don't do that. And then we, well, what do we have to do? Don't do that. Right? God then tells Samuel to let them know what the king will do. Okay? God says, Go ahead, forewarn them. And from verses 10 to 18, he tells them six times that the king will what? He's going to take. God never took. Okay? But now this guy is going to take and take and take and take. Right? Jumping down to verses 19 to 20, it says, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. Oh, He's going to take, that's fine. He's going to take our sons and daughters, not a problem. He's going to take our food and our crop, not a problem. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but we will have a king over us. That we may also be like all the nations. This comes back and they bite some years down the road, right? When Jesus, I put before you the king of the Jews. He's not our king. Caesar's our king. Why do they do that all the time? Why do we do that all the time? We're going to be like all the other nations that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Now, let's see this king, okay, that they got, the one they wanted in the first two verses. It tells us that Kish, okay, was a Benjamite, a mighty man of power, a very wealthy man, okay? And he, verse 2, had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. This guy stood out. Okay? So that's it right here. He was tall. He was dark. He was handsome, right? Everything that you ever needed in a king. He was a Hollywood hunk with a lot of money. Oh, he looks good. The most handsome person in 
all Israel, it says. He, he's, he's like the, the captain of the football team, right? He's that prom king. He's the one that always gets the, the head cheerleader, the pretty girl, and, the, and, and, and she's the prom queen too. You know the guy, okay? But that's Saul. So when Samuel anoints Saul, okay, he anoints him and it's very private, okay? Samuel, it says there in chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has appointed you, I mean anointed you, commander over his inheritance? In verse 9, he gets a new heart. In verse 10, he gets the Spirit of God upon him. Samuel calls all of Israel to Mizpah and publicly makes Saul king. Verse 24, it says, And Samuel said to all the people, Do you see him whom the Lord had chosen? That there is no one like him among all the people. So all the people shouted and said what? Long live the king. We finally got one. Didn't we do that four years ago too? Right? Remember that when he first looks at Saul, uh, well, when he, yeah, when he first look at Saul, when we first look at Saul, he's very humble. Okay? He went and looked for his father's donkey. He was a family-oriented man. Okay? He loved his father. He, yeah, Dad, sure, I'll go. I'll go after the donkeys. And he was a skittish kind of person. When he was made king, he's afraid to show his face. Okay? And he hid himself among the equipment. But we know the rest of the story with Saul. Okay? By the second year of his reign, he had a good one year. But a second year, he's doing priestly duties and offering sacrifices. <clears throat> Wrong thing to do. Okay? He's blaming Samuel for not showing up on time. You aren't here. The, the men were leaving. I had to do the sacrifice. No. No, 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 no. You did wrong. So he's blaming Samuel for his mistakes. And then later on, we see him, he's throwing spears at David and then Jonathan. Okay? He's gone nuts. He loses his mind. So now, now you ask, okay, John, why? Why, John? Why go through 1 Samuel here and show us the king that people wanted and that God gave them? Well... Because some three and a half to four thousand years ago, a people that God had set aside to be governed by him turned their backs on him and wanted a man to rule over them instead. Sound familiar? As Christians today want to claim this, okay, Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Oh, we claim that. So I ask, are we really humbling ourselves? Are we really praying and seeking his face? Okay? Not just when things are going bad. And are we turning from our wicked ways? Are we looking for a king to rule over us? Or are we looking for the king of kings and lord of lords? Ah, that one stings. Right? Boy, oh boy. We, we, will, we will control everything. From 2022. That's what we hear. That's what everybody's saying. Okay? You see it all on, a, on, on Facebook. You see it all on, on the news. You see it everywhere. We will be in control in 2022. They are hoping in a year and a half from now, 
And we just seen that in just one weekend, the world now can't stand us. And we're going to worry about a year and a half from now? Something's wrong. And to me personally, we can't wait that long. Now, let me ask you something, okay? What are we in this country looking for right now, okay? Are we looking for someone, okay? Uh, are we looking for someone or anyone, actually, that can hold a conversation right now, okay? You, you know, a, a few years back, I used, to, I, used to put, I used to put in these nursing calls, these nurse call systems, okay? and assisted living places and in dementia and, and Alzheimer's wings. And they are some of the saddest wings you can work in, okay? And just yesterday, okay, um, I see the people over there, the, 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 the terrorist soldiers, they're dressed up in U.S. military uniforms that we left there, and they're mimicking the Marines that raised our flag at Iwo Jima. They're raising now the Taliban flag. They're dressed up like us and, and wearing also our, our gear and our weapons. That's what they're doing, okay? But we have this person in, the, in, in, in power. He's not there. Pray for this man, okay? Pray for him. And I truly feel sorry for Joe. I really, really do. The world stage is laughing at him, okay, and us. But I am very angry at the people and his family that use him as this figurehead, or worse, as a pity tool. So what are we looking for, okay? Someone, someone that will protect our country and the people, right? Here, here and, uh, and overseas, someone who will stick up for our rights and who will stand up to the world, someone that will give us a good standing on the world stage, someone like what we had, or even let's reinstate them. That's out there too. But hold on a minute. We had that. We had all that. And what did we do with it? Nothing. The church never rose up. Okay? And I, and I teach this all the time. And I say we, and I mean it as the church. Okay? Not just Calvary Chapel, but the church. Always remember that the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Okay? So those who yell the, the loudest, they get heard. And trust me, our numbers are a lot bigger than their numbers, but we just haven't opened our mouths. What's it going to take for us to open our mouths? Okay? So we had this. The church never rose up, okay, to get things reversed. The stock market did very well, okay? Unemployment went down. That's always a good thing. Don't get me wrong, okay? We got a half a wall put up. It was all paid for, but it's not up. We got three, three Supreme Court justices. Tell me, what have they done? Right? Oh, if we get them, they'll change the, they'll change the country. Eh, they ain't done nothing. Haven't done nothing. Haven't turned anything over. Okay? Let's do a little, let's do a little backup here, okay? 1969, when they let no-fault divorce become legal. Now, Christian, the Christian community is at 32% of getting divorced. Really? In 73, we let abortion, and I say we because the greasy wheel, I mean the, 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 the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? In 73, we let abortion become legal. We're up to 62 million. We're up to 62 million. And on that note, okay, in 2017, 882,320 died in the womb. Why don't we have 
those charts. Remember on, on our TVs with this last thing that we had? The charts, always up there in the, in the, in the right-hand corner when you're looking at the screen, right? Uh, how many are affected? How many died in your county, in, in your county, in your, in your city? It's all there. Why don't we have these up for this, for abortions? Why not? Okay? Because this is what you would see. 2,362,000 a day. I mean, 2,362, okay, per day. 98 per hour, one every 37 seconds. That's what you'd see. But you don't want that blaring in your face. Don't, so, and I would have to say, don't, don't hold your breath on anything getting overturned. In 2015, the high court said that the Constitution requires all states to recognize same-sex marriage. Really? Tell me, what, what have they done? I haven't done nothing. So I ask again, what is it that we are looking for in August of 2021? I'm really hoping that it's not a man. Okay, but it's the king of kings. That's what I'm hoping for. For you that are looking for a man, let me tell you something, okay? The men, okay, if you're looking, if you're looking for the man, you're looking for the way out, okay? The founders of this country, okay, taken from a book called Christianity and the Constitution. Did you know that in the 1700s, an undergraduate freshman at William and Mary College had to be able to read, write, converse, and debate in Greek? Mm-hmm. 1700s. John Jay, okay? John Jay was an American statesman, a patriot, a diplomat, a founding father. He served as the second governor of New York and was the first chief justice of the United States. When he applied to King's College, which is now Columbia University, at age 14, the entrance requirements he had to fulfill was to translate the first 10 chapters of the Gospel of John from Greek to Latin. 14. John Adams wrote to Thomas Jefferson saying that he carefully studied Plato using two Latin translations, one French, one English, and the original Greek. So you're looking for a man? Now, you may be saying, hey, that's great, John. Thanks for the history lesson, right? What are you getting at? Well, this, this, okay? Did you see the last debate? Just did you, okay? I'm sure you did. Did you see how much we lowered the bar to what I just read. Okay? The one guy claims we got all these rights from, from you know, you know the one. Right? The other one said to the people in Texas, they're coming after us. Okay? They're coming for your guns, your oil, and your God. I kid you not. Look it up. It's a video. Okay? They want to take God away from you. Really? Are you that gullible? Are we that dumb? Because Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Right? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's going to take God away from us. Come on. So are you still waiting for 2022? Okay. Really, we, 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 can't do, we can't do better than this? Maybe this may help, okay? Do you know that the ones that are coming up, okay? The ones that are coming up, okay? We can't handle the young ones that we have in there now. But the ones that are coming up, they're the Tide Pod kids, the Tide Pod kids, the ones that got a trophy for showing up, not competing, but for showing up. 
Oh, we have some issues, man. There are now 63 different genders. Really? In Mark 10.6, Jesus said, but from the beginning of creation, God made them what? Male and female. That's it. That's it. In all species, male and female. Men can now compete as women and use the women's restrooms? And men can have babies, they claim? Come on, man. Really? I'm going to use his line. Really? Come on. We are in some very strange times, okay? And Scripture tells us in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, it says, but know this, okay? He's saying this is a fact, that in the last days, perilous times, fierce times, times of great stress and trouble, that's perilous times, okay? Hard to deal with times, hard to bear times will come, will come. Not maybe or could, but will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, right? unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. <laughs> we see that in the streets. Put on the news. They're running down the streets with guns, and they're shooting at everything and anything. They're not even hitting the target that they're shooting at. Traders, headstrong, hearty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness. Oh, this hurts. Having a form of godliness but denying, denying its power. And from such, turn away. I hope you get the picture. Okay? Unthankful. They will be ungrateful. Okay? They ju just go through a Walmart and hear them. They're, un, they're just unruly. They will be ungrateful. They will just take everything for granted, like it's entitled to them. We see it today that people are more and more unthankful to each other. But what is worse is when they are unthankful to God. Unholy. To become like everything else in the world that is everything that is not like God or that is not about him. Unloving means without natural affection. It's kind of like that family love, okay? The love that holds a family together. Paul said that, that the end times would be marked by an attitude of growing discard and of, of, of normal family love and obligation. So what does it say about a, a world that accepts this kind of thing? Once, once we can justify the act, okay, and I'm going to hit this just a little bit, but be, be, be patient. Once we can justify the act, okay, of abortion in our minds, then we can convince ourselves that anything is right. We can. So what does it say about a world that accepts this kind of thing? Once we can justify that act, okay, the, the world became a scary place once we can do that, okay? Because how far does that kind of thinking Go. We can almost do anything. Actually, now it's gone worse because in some states, as they're born, you can kill them. Unheard of. It's ridiculous. Someone posted on, a, on Facebook years ago, okay, a cartoon um, of Hitler and Stalin, 
okay, bowing down to the Grim Reaper that had a sign across its chest. The Grim Reaper had its sign, Roe v. Wade, okay? It shows Hitler with his banner, and it read Holocaust, 17 million. Stalin, his banner, said 23 dead. And the Reapers said U.S. abortions, 57 million from 73 to the present. That was years ago, okay? And like I said, we're up into the 60, uh, 60 million. And the caption of the two bowing down, okay, and they're saying, you're so much greater than we ever were. So what will be next, okay? How warped can the human mind get who or what becomes the next sacrifice to our selfishness, okay? We, as Christians, okay, are declared domestic terrorists. Really? <laughs> okay. We'll keep it there. But don't get me wrong, okay? If there is anybody that has had an abortion, okay? God, coming to the Lord, you, you can and will be forgiven, okay? Because the scriptures tell us what? There's only one sin in this world, okay? And it's the unforgivable sin, okay? It's rejecting Jesus Christ. It ain't that, okay? It, it, it ain't abortion. So anybody can be forgiven of anything, scriptures tell us. You know, I'm sure you've gone through with Lowell a few times. Jeremiah, right? He was a man he was a man of God who stood firm for God and his message, okay? A message that he gave for some, what, 40-some-odd years, okay? 40-plus years telling Judah to repent, not one convert, okay? How would anybody like to be up here for 40 years and not one person be saved? Man, I don't know how you do it. Telling Judah to repent. And all through the 52 chapters, he warns them of the coming judgment. It was a call for the nation to turn from their sin and repent, turn back to God. Because you see, judgment must come upon unrepented sin. Okay? He is a person that we can look at and say... Jeremiah, right, that he was called by God in a bad time and to a wicked people. And we know that they never do repent. They never do. They go into captivity. And God knew that they never would repent. The sad thing is that Jeremiah had to witness the death of a nation. We really need to ask the Lord for repentance. We, we really need to repent as a, as a church, as a, as a, as a people, okay? Because we've, we've taken his goodness and we squandered it. And we, add, need, we need to ask for revival because, trust me, the church is dead. There are pockets where people, because of this, this, this bug that went out, okay, that they couldn't meet the church, but they got all upset because they couldn't meet. They needed to know who God was, okay? And I know the man that's up here is training you all up to answer them questions, okay? That's what we need to do. But he had to witness the, the death of his nation. And sadly, the people who most needed his leadership to come to God rejected him and turned their backs on God's word. And we should never be discouraged. We should, 
look to this man. Forty years. And no one repented. Right now, as never before, our homes, okay, our churches, our cities, our nations need unwavering leaders who will obey the word of, or the word of God. What about Isaiah 6, 5? It says, it says there, uh, speaking of Isaiah, I said, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Oh, everyone can raise their hand on that one. Do you hear the voice of the Lord as he did? Okay, as Isaiah did there in verses six, uh, 8 through 9, same chapter, verse, uh, chapter 6. The Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And here's Isaiah. Then I said, here I am, Lord, send me. And he said, go and tell this people. I truly hope that you're not waiting for a man to show up in 2022. I really hope you're not. I hope that we take this word seriously, okay? The, the, the thing that's sitting in your lap, it's not a fire, fire insurance policy. It's not. It's to be read, reread, constantly read, and shared. Now, don't get me wrong, okay, when I say this, but we waste a lot of time on sending our kids to colleges. Because actually, once we send them to college, we pray more, we pray more then than we ever did in public schools. Because we know that the indoctrinations are really ramping up in college. But why send them? Okay, why send them? Because I'm gonna tell you why. To me, I like what Jeremiah wrote. God said there in chapter nine, verses 23 and 24 of Jeremiah, God said, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth for in these I delight says the Lord now it's not wrong or it's not bad that our, that our kids go to higher learning okay but to me this is much better that's to me okay it's much better I really hope that we all see that we need to repent as a nation. Okay? We need a lot more Daniels. We need a lot more uh, Ezra's. We need, a, we, need a lot, we need a lot more Nehemiah's that are, are going to build the walls and, and have a, a weapon in one hand and a trowel in another. We need leaders. We need men and women to step up, okay? We had a guy that just scratched the surface, just scratched the surface of the swamp door, the Pandora's box of Washington. He just scratched it. And the, and, and the pus just oozed out, and it was nasty. You've seen all the nastiness for four years. And he just scratched it. It's deep. It's ugly, okay? Only God's going to be able to take that and throw it out. That's it. Or throw the tree in and, and get crystal clear water out of it. Only him. So it's not in a man. We've seen what a man can do. He just scratches it and all this ugliness comes out. Peter wrote there in first. Peter 4.17, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Where are we today? 
I truly believe that we, okay, and I mean the church as a whole, needs to open our hearts and open our eyes and see where we are at in the scriptures, okay? Where does God want you and me to be? Okay, I'm sure it's not looking, looking for a man in the future, uh, in, in 2022, okay? More like looking unto Jesus, right? The author and finisher of our faith. That's what we should be looking to. And then like Isaiah, what, what did he say? Send me, Lord. Send me. Just so you know, <laughs> okay, I, I'm just going to throw this out there, but just so you know, okay, I tried to change this message, okay, three times this week, okay, and, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't, it, it, I, I, and I believe that, that this is what I was to teach, okay, now I'm not, a, I, I don't, I, I don't get into topicals and all that. But it was something that, I tell you what, if anything, I learned from it, okay? I learned where we're at as a, I learned where I was as a father, as a husband, as a, as a teacher of the word of God. I, I learned where I am as an American. Things have got to change. Things have got to change. So if anything, if you take anything away from this, okay, don't look to 2022, okay? It's not going to save you, all right? Amen? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for the time that we can come together, get into your word, just to look at things that uh, you've, you've showed us through the years, Lord God. You've showed us through your word many times, Lord God. Now, Father, just to bring it to light, and, and Father, I just pray. Lord God, that you use us, Lord. We're small, Lord God. We're small groups, and even up north, Lord, we're small. But, Lord, in your hands we can be mighty, Lord God. And, Father, we just uh, we lift this time up to you. We thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, and mercy upon each and every one of us. We ask you, Lord God, to keep us all healthy, keep us all safe. And, Father, just, um, uh, just keep us in your word, Lord, we pray. Father, we lift this time up. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's saints say, Amen. Amen.